hey, how about that? Connected first time. Here comes some music. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell their own rich no Bright and early, well, bright, certainly. I'm not sure about how early on a Monday morning, and that date stamp being October the 4th, 10-4. Ooh, 10-4. 10-4-21. <laughs> that must have some significance somewhere because it just rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? 10-4-21. Sounds like a police code to me. Any of you guys know what that stands for? Uh, might stand for here we go. <laughs> Here we go down the 40 miles of bad road. Uh, here to be your driver and your guide on that 40 miles. Roger Sales and the Radio Ranch is the Monday morning edition, as we mentioned. Uh, Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. We'll find out as it progresses here. And, uh, of course, we're tickled to death to be broadcasting on the Euro Folk Radio Network. And uh, got a bunch of the good guys along with us here. Let me make sure I get this volume down. Yeah, got it down. Got a bunch of the good guys with us here as we get started this morning. Welcome, everybody. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Hope your weekend was a little less uh, demanding than mine. I think uh, I think uh, Jeff checked in with us and said that he got to he got to hang with uh, Pastor Eli this weekend. Is that right, Jeff? What were y'all uh, What were y'all attending there, buddy? Oh, the Christian Identity Conference in Houston, Missouri. Okay, and where? Yeah, a lot of good info. Where is Houston, Missouri? Is it around Branson or something? Uh, no, it's probably several hours away from Branson, but probably just as far east from me as Branson. I see. Yeah. Okay, so how many folks with the nice venue and all that? Oh, yeah, it was the same as last year, and there was about, I'd say, 100 approximately. Okay, well, you'd hope there'd yeah. be more than that, but uh, we understand our numbers are small, but we're mighty. Oh, there was somebody from California, Arkansas, obviously Illinois. Yeah, so it was a range of people. Okay, good deal. I hope y'all like mine. And uh, Eli spoke, or who, who were some of the speakers, Jeff? He did. There were about 10 different speakers over the three days, you know, half of Friday and half of Sunday. Uh-huh. And it, I hesitate to use the term fire and brimstone, but it was definitely uh, pointed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, any, uh, uh, besides Eli, anybody that's, whose name we might recognize right off the bat? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. But good speakers, nonetheless, and a good crowd, and a and an absolutely truthful uh, point to the point message, and uh, uh, probably was pretty interesting. So, uh, oh yes, well these speakers were all local personalities. Oh, okay, in their own, in their own areas. I yeah, see. So they, they have reputations, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. It depends on who you ask as to what type of reputation it is. I guess. <laughs> um, Sol- solid Christians. Well, there you go. And I'm sure it's a night. It's always nice yep. to be around folks like that, and you get to go share meals together, and get to meet new people, and uh, communicate. And I hope you hand out a lot of flyers. I handed out quite a few. I did. 
Good yep. for you. Uh, did you pin, did you pin Eli back and tell him to please pay attention to this and start differentiating it when he talks? You know, you, the thing is, is you got to be real conscious of this stuff, and you got to implant it into your mind, somewhat like when we talk about using the correct definitions of. You know, instead of calling it money, calling it currency, uh, you know, stuff like that. You got to have that type of a, a cutting edge uh, consciousness and that information embedded in your mind, because every time that you refer back to it, you place the monkey on somebody else's mind that doesn't have it and the, some of them are going to ask you questions some of them might not but at least it's planted regardless so that's why i emphasize that and you know uh, just the very simple word like uh, bunny we all use yeah, it well yeah, Eli's on top of it. He okay. says he's going to act on this pretty darn quick. Well, I wish he would, and I wish he'd start embedding it into his consciousness and imparting it onto his audience because we, we that's what we got to do to make, make headway with a lot of these folks, especially now because they're open and receptive to it, I think. Um, well, you and he are on the same wavelength when it comes to understanding that words have been equivocated and used as treacherous and deceptive. Well, they're used as weapons. I wish I knew where that... Uh, oh, yeah. I wish I knew where that uh, that story was in the Bible, Old Testament that Pastor Pete was talking about that night. And he, you know, when the the tribe that coveted their their neighbor's land and women and whatever else, and and uh, they conjured up Baal and they were walking with Baal and they asked him how they could defeat him and Baal said, "Trick him with words." I, I mean, come on, you know. So. Uh, and as I said, John, my teacher, John W. Benson, used to say they know history and they know the the Bible one hell of a lot better than we do. He didn't even mention law, which, of course, they do. And, and, and that's one of the things I was thinking about this weekend for several different reasons as I was embroiled in my most recent little move. <laughs> so... Uh, so, yeah, let me give you the personal report here, Jeff. Uh, got all that done Saturday. And uh, oh, great. I like the uh, I like the new place. I'm I'm looking across the uh, very green courtyard. There's all kinds of trees and greenery here. Not too many fruit trees, but all kinds of different vegetation that they've got. And I'm looking across the courtyard at their house, the family home of the property that I'm on. And I think I told you this is a it's a nice find. Uh, I got to tip my hat to Jack for putting all the perseverance in it and, and that he did and when whipping these real estate agents because that's what he did he stayed on top of about six or seven real estate agents down here and what i didn't realize because i've never really had to go out and look for an apartment before i've always kind of well here, here's something you can move into from you know people that you know here and so I didn't know the way the market works, and I figured, kind of, that it'd be like uh, real estate agents in the U.S., where they got an, an MLM, a listing service, and you put MLS, houses. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you put, yeah, MLM, MLS, and you put, um, you see what's on my mind, huh? and you put in uh, whatever your rental or your uh, uh, for sale is, and all the agents can see it. Well, it's not exactly like that here. And what I didn't realize is I knew agents up there specialize in areas. They call them farms. 
uh, but they really specialize here. And a bunch of these agents, they just specialize over in Kumbaya and Primavera, which is the upscale part. It's just down the road, you know, not even They're a couple of miles. They're very territorial, and and uh, they didn't want to come down here to this, but even a couple of miles down the road to this other little area called Tumbaco, where I am, uh, and uh, I'm on the other side of it, kind of, because it's a little bit lower scale. Um, the other uh, Kumbaya and La Primavera in that area is very, very upscale, and it's probably the wealthiest area in the country, honestly. Um, so they don't like to drift out of that area because they, first of all, they don't like renting stuff because they don't get as big a commission. They want to sell you something. Now, if you if you're going to buy something, you got their undivided attention, okay? But if you want to rent something, well, okay. If it's in this area, we don't want to go in those other areas. And so I had to fight that, and Jack had to whip them a bit. And uh, one of the gals came up. Uh, actually, she's married to one of our Canadian uh, expat buddies, and. Uh, she came up with another agent and found this place, and it is so charming. Uh, it's kind of like a hobbit house, honestly. I kind of feel like Frodo Bilbo, you know? And um, it's very picturesque, and there's a little, a little garden out to the side with a table and some uh, wood overhang with vines growing on it, a nice place to sit out there and drink coffee or have a meal. And it's got a little place where you could burn wood and have a little fire at night and warm up there and enjoy that. And then there's a courtyard, and I'm looking across the place at their two-story house, and the husband is an architect as well as the oldest son about 30 you still got you know you got a lot of uh, the influence of like italy here in ecuador in the respect that a lot of children continue to live with their parents as they get older you know a lot of boys are uh men men not boys a lot of men are attached to their mothers you know that kind of thing well the the father is an architect and uh, he does cost estimates and stuff on big jobs evidently and now the son the oldest son is an architect and then the mom works downtown at um at for the government ecuadorian government in the bureaucratic uh, administrative agency that oversees banking how about that i i haven't had that conversation with her yet <laughs> but at some point i'm sure i will and she's real nice and she speaks english uh pretty fluently she's a secretary down there bilingual secretary and so that should be uh, an interesting relationship and at that at yeah. that point roger will be moving again well let's hope not i, I know she's going to retire next year cody so i'm hoping that uh, you know maybe we'll have it after she retires but they're very very sweet people and they've got a younger daughter i have not met yet that is an orthodontist and works uh, down at guy quill for 20 days and then up here for 10 days and so it's a nice family very you know upscale and uh he uh, likes uh, being an architect and stuff he just had this little building added on the other side of the property there opposite their house and uh it's really nice now that i've gotten in and gotten some of the furniture they had a whole bunch of furniture in here and when you got a lot of furniture in a room it doesn't it takes away the spaciousness of the room visually and and actually too and so i had to move a bunch of stuff out that i just didn't need and it's got a lot of room and uh it's very nice it's pretty modern it's got seven skylights in it if you'll remember 
from my other place was like a cave. It was always dark and it was always cold. It didn't matter if it was real hot outside. It was like you always had to wear long, long sleeve shirts and stuff. And this one is totally opposite. It's very big windows, a lot of light, uh, and seven skylights. And uh, so it's uh, quite a nice move. And I'm trying to get all these boxes unpacked. And I um, think I got the last box unpacked this morning and uh, some of the bags unpacked. And we'll get everything stowed away. And ought to be settled in pretty good here in a few days and uh, so i'm glad all that's behind me but it's a real nice spot it's very quiet uh i i don't have a lot of dogs but i got a hell of a lot of frogs and there's some loud frogs at night around here i'm not sure which is worse uh but uh, so it's interesting i'm glad to have that behind me and uh, another move hopefully i'll be here for a while at least two years i signed a lease for that and probably stay longer because it's just a a charming place and uh they've got a nice covered uh, covered place where they can cook out a couple of grills over there and i got access to all that so i can start grilling out which i haven't been able to do in many years and really enjoy cooking stuff outside so anyway i've gotten all that out of the way and the personal stuff out of the way here on the show so i got the move out of the way now let's uh let's move on to other business anybody got anything that's on your mind that we wanted to bring up this morning by the way is the first i know we had a show friday but this is like the first full week of october uh the mess del diablo the month of the devil and uh anybody got anything they wanted to bring up that was particularly uh, uh poignant on your mind now somebody's got something to say it must be cody well just real quick i went up to springfield to the vax watch uh, protest and i'm not clear if if Nick Fuente, he was the headline speaker. I, I thought he was the one that kind of started it, but I'm not clear on that because there was some gal running against uh, – who, who's the uh, Illinois senator that's missing a leg from the war? Duckard or Duck something? Duckworth. Wow. I guess she's she's going to run against her supposedly, and then there's a couple other people speaking. And I was a little disappointed, though. He had you know all his Reupers there, several hundred of them, but there were still probably less than 300 people there. Now there was rain in the morning, and that may have chased people away from driving to to Springfield. You right. know, I, as popular as Nick is, I was hoping he'd get at least a thousand people there. But the, I think I saw was, a video clip uh, uh, on BitChute of that. I didn't. I didn't watch yeah. it. I think I just saw something up there that was posted on it. He's a hell of a speaker. It's also on Bandot Video. Uh huh. Uh, you can find it under him. He's a good speaker, guys. Y'all should listen to him. He, he does a good job for 23 or 4 years old speaking. It's done unreal how he it doesn't look like he even uses notes, and he just does a really good job. But mm-hmm. that's about all I had. Okay. Well, evidently, he's got some talent in that area. That's usually a learned skill, uh, unless you're blessed with uh, that poise from the start and good for him. And sorry there wasn't more people. And uh Eh, you know, I don't get too excited about political stuff because I've come to understand there's no political solution here, really. Uh, the political solution that we exercise, and I think the only one that's valid, is removing yourself from their little political game. Uh, otherwise, you're just playing in the administrative ballpark with people that totally control everything. And as long as you're in that ballpark and they've got jurisdiction on you, you're a uh, fair game. Uh, and the best thing for any of us to do is to remove yourself from the fair game category, I would think. So, uh, okay, good report, Cody. Anybody else got anything they wanted to bring forward? Okay, well, that's a, usually, man, you had not had anything noodling on the weekend. You're just like, I can't wait till the show on Monday to ask Roger this. None of that, huh? Okay. 
Well, um, let me go on here. I've got a I've got an interview this week, and then I've got another one scheduled next week. They're both new, and uh, the one this week is the one we've tried to have twice before with Jeff Dornick and the Gatekeepers, and uh, that should be interesting. Uh, Samuel, I think it was Samuel, sent me one of their interviews with the Gatekeepers there. Uh, interviewing the guy that uh, remember this video he was urging me to watch a, a couple of weeks ago on the Genesis six. I don't remember the guy's name uh, about the Nephilim and all that. Well, this Jerry is Wayne. It might be. I'm not sure, but uh, he's obviously quite schooled and scholarly in that area uh, because that's what uh, Jeff Dornick was uh, interviewing him on too. And I got to watch a little bit of that last night and listen to it and. Uh, he's pretty on top of a lot of that. So, And I liked the way Jeff did the interview. And so uh, I'm looking forward to being with him. I believe it's Wednesday, somewhat immediately after this show. All these people that are wanting to do interviews with me do shows about the same time frame that we do. So it makes it difficult because i got to transition from one to the other. And, you know, two hours. Uh, two hours on the radio when you're really concentrating will take it out of you pretty good so anyway uh, i i know the other stuff so well that it shouldn't be that big a problem so i'll get to do that on wednesday i believe the sixth and then next tuesday uh i've got another new interview with a guy named patrick timmer who sounds like an older guy and uh he found us i think through some of the brent and uh thumper shows and so he requested some information, and he said, well, I'm a old broadcaster and this, that, and the other, and so we got that in common, and and uh, we're trying to – he said, man, I, I was very reluctant to listen to this. I was. Uh, I saw an email he ran, ran across to one of his buddies, his research buddies named Charlie. He said, I, I didn't even really want to listen to this. I was very skeptical, no, no, no. And he said, man, I started listening, and I started taking notes, and I've just been taking notes and notes and notes. So I, you know, got back with him, and we were discussing how to do the show, and he wanted to hook up both audiences at the same time and all this stuff. I said, Prob-, you know, no, because your audience is totally new to this, and my audience, uh, you know, although if you want to come over, we'll school you, but the, I just didn't feel very good about uh, simultaneously cast in two separate shows and uh so we've staggered it. i'm going to be on after somehow after uh, this program uh but anyway so i'm sitting there saturday packing uh I, I went out friday and got boxes and the stuff i needed and got caught in a driving rainstorm cody i mean driving rainstorm and uh fighting that soaking wet uh couldn't find any place that wanted to give me any boxes so i had to end up going back to this place and buying boxes which i particularly is not that much just kind of hacked me off you know because uh, a lot of these stores they save their boxes they get stuff in they're selling that cardboard and that's why they don't want to give them to you and so anyway i ended up going back and buying a couple of boxes and then i got caught in this driving torrential rainstorm as a uh, you know how we have those in the afternoon here, Cody, and especially this starting this time of year. Yeah. What happens is, is the mornings, like this morning here an hour ago, it was absolutely not a cloud in the sky. It's just Carolina blue everywhere you look, you know. And as it gets hot, because of the humidity, it starts building up cloud cover, and then in the afternoons we'll have these thunder showers. And depending on the hotness of the day and the amount of humidity, they can be pretty severe. And that's what I got caught in Friday. So I'm soaked and trying to get home 
home without the boxes getting wet and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I got uh, a bunch of packing done Friday night, and, and uh, I thought I'd gotten the majority of it done. And the guy's coming at 1 o'clock on Saturday with a truck. Camione is what uh, they're called in Spanish. So, And I'm getting ready and putting the finishing touches on I didn't realize how much I had left. And so I'm hustling, 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 and that is the time that this guy chooses to call me. Well, what about this? And what about that? I said, hey, man, I'm moving. I've got somebody coming here. I got to be, but what about this? And what about? So I get into that for a little bit. And so I go ahead and talk to him for a minute. And we're talking about it. And y- y'all, y'all are going to love this. And I bring up something about Title 26 CFR. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I don't even want to bring up the IRS on the show. I don't want to mention, I don't want, I don't want to mess with those guys. <laughs> and I'm sitting there shaking my head. I go, well, his name's Patrick. I said, well, Patrick, the two sticky wickets here are driving, traveling, and people uh, have, a, a, you know, big qualms about, and, and IRS. I said, you don't, want to, you don't want to even talk about one of the main things that people are interested in with this whole thing. No, 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 man. I started tangling with those guys about 10 years ago. I got big-time liens, and I can't even get a passport because, you know, the over 50 grand in collections and all that stuff. And I was, went to try and give him Harvey, our buddy Harvey's recent experience about uh, that we've, we've found that at some point when you are deemed uncollectible, they don't renew the liens. Now, liens have to be renewed every seven years. That's very biblical, isn't it? Uh, liens have to be renewed every seven years, even notice the liens. Of course, the lien, I'm pretty sure, is the statute staple up in the basement of the Treasury of the International Monetary Funds Collection Agency, the Internal Revenue Service. But regardless, they stick a notice of lien down in your area at the property records office and they got to renew those every seven years and at some point evidently they don't which is interesting i kind of you know you kind of read that in that that's probably the way they operate but now we know for sure because harvey got his passport last week by the way he got his passport card on saturday and for all of you that we've discussed this, I told you I don't have an answer for sure, okay? And he was saying, what about the stars here? And I said, well, I, I don't know about all that. I've never even seen, outside of a picture, I've never even seen a passport card. I'm going to order me one when I uh, renew mine here. But uh, anyway, and he said, I said, what about the numerical sequence? He goes, yep, last two numbers, 09. So we've seen that a number of places. I don't. Again, we don't know for sure. And if somebody wants to FOIA the um, the uh, Secretary of State and get one of their manuals on passport processing, we could probably nail that stuff down for sure. But uh, regardless, Harvey's did have the O nine at the end, and I'm pretty sure that's the designator. Okay, and mine didn't. So I'm going to go. are you, your, are your passport card or your passport yes. book? I just got my card, and all its numbers are completely different than all okay. the numbers in my book. Right. But I'm, I'm going to spend this month 
testing everything everywhere so we will know okay well somebody if you really want to go to the trouble uh, like i said we don't know for sure i'm speculating but i've seen it over the years that way and um if somebody really wants to go to the trouble like we used to do with the irs stuff you can get a hold of their manuals and if you go through that tedious i mean listen the irs manuals are three ring binders just numbers of them with all this stuff in there and how they've got you classified as a foreign insurer or a uh, some type of body manufacturer for you know truck bodies or something they got all these different designations that they designate people for and i'm not sure why they do that internally and uh and i don't know that this 09 designation is all that important honestly uh because as we know it's the paperwork that's in possession of the secretary that's the big kahuna you know you can go in if it was 09 you could go in there and in a if you were ever in a courtroom and drag it out so you see there's 09 here well you'd have to have the manual you'd have to back that up otherwise you just go ahead and say well here's a copy of the uh you know paperwork in the possession of the secretary so which one's easier um and i was not i was not born here so there may be a different designation for u.s nationals who were not born here that one that is not natural born versus one that converts from one somebody that's been naturalized it could be pageant that certainly could be uh the situation and you know like i said until we really if everybody if you're real curious as to know and you just got that burning desire i just gotta know what they got well go get one of the manuals foia manual i got one of the newer newer guys that's foia and um for youing the uh, secretary of state's office right now on his paperwork now but there's a caveat here okay and that's the fact that whatever workings that they normally go through are not normal now because they're still suffering in all these departments from the covid backlash and if they're not suffering from it they're using it as an excuse more than likely and uh, so if you're going to submit it say cold if you're going to submit it cold without doing a passport or a passport uh, card or, or book or whatever, then it may take them a while to get it to the administrative records department and get a clerk and get it filed. It may, there's no telling how long that may take. You know, the IRS was six months behind just on opening their mail here about a year ago. So uh, you just don't know. But. Uh, I think by and far the most part they do these things correctly and I know that you folks many of you are very skeptical of them and that and but you got to understand that your skepticism comes from the fact that they had total jurisdictional control over you and when they got that they can do anything they want to you and so you not understanding this controlling mechanism of the underlying jurisdiction uh, go and impute all these powers and stuff into them that they don't have okay and uh, I, I try and hammer that point across and boy it's hard to get across to some people like this guy uh, this guy is talking to saturday no no we don't even want to mention the irs i don't want to mention them on the program i don't want to bring that in i'm going well look and and finally i wrote him back i said you just don't have a grasp of the information yet do a little more studying Okay, And what we finally decided on, at least at that conversation, was, okay, well, we can mention the IRS, but if anybody's got questions, we're going to steer them over to your show to get answers. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, well, why the hell do you even want to know my information? If you're so scared of them, you're cowering over in a corner to even mention the three letters, for God's sakes. 
Uh, and that's the kind of fear of death that these people put into people. Okay, I mean, and and it's sad, and it's somewhat comical to me uh, because we're so far down the road, and we've gotten out of the the womb of of intimidation, and we understand they got no power, and we understand they're scared as hell of us and this message. Okay, there. I think that that is if we could get a flash mob and go and throw a fire in the middle of a pool of gasoline and get that whole mob just excited and this thing spreading like that firewood, uh, these guys would be toast. They can't stand the daylight. They can't stand the sunlight. They can't stand to be exposed. That's why they do all these things the way they do it. But, boy, getting our that across to some of our people after the conditioning that they've put them through and the decisions they've come to and the way that they approach this mentally is uh, is it's a difficult task. Uh, so, anyway, we'll see about that. That interview is on the 12th. So, that's the following Tuesday. And I didn't catch that it was a Tuesday, so I went ahead and okayed it. And so, I'll miss our lunch that day, which is all right. So, uh, anyway, Paget, you're on with us here. Why don't you give us a report on your uh, potluck uh, lunch yesterday? We'd all love to hear about it. Oh, well, it was really nice. We had about 14 people, but a few left before John and Robert showed up. I met John, Robert, and Anita from your show. Oh, good. Oh, good. So Rob, Robert was there? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is the same Robert you know. I don't know. I may not be, because <laughs> I, 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 I think he's up in Utah, but I mean, in Nevada. Oh, but must be a different Robert. Okay. Well, glad, glad that Robert was there, whichever one it is, and you got to meet John. That's good. Yes. And I would say that of my people... There's four of us who have become nationals. There's about eight who are contemplating it, four very seriously, four where I think they would probably end up doing research first. But um, all of them want to sit back and watch what happens with me in this month because Mm. I am inviting all kinds of situations to test this card. And um, so, you know, so we're going to see every scenario that that I set up. Okay. what happens well you're just a you got real you you got big breasticles there pageant and we're really tickled to death that you're going to press the envelope here um and uh we'll be anxious to hear your results yes and, because around here there's a lot of places that are demanding the certificate of vaccination id to get into places most most of them are bars but there are some other places so i'm, I'm going to go test the envelope okay well remember that those kind of people like the whoever's at the the gatekeeper at the bar uh doesn't have a top security clearance where they can run your card okay no i'm gonna i'm gonna my plan is i'm looking for a mall because there's always cops around and then um i want them to read my card on their little machine Okay. And I want them to tell them I can come in. All right. Well, we'll see how that works out. I wish you a lot of luck. Yeah. I'm not sure about that scenario, but we'll see. A lot of those are rent-a-cops. I have a whole bunch of scenarios. I'm going to try all of them, see what right. happens. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll gladly end, you know, be uh, anticipating, see what happens with you. I think and she how. a TV show. <laughs> You'd put her on InfoWars <laughs> as she's running all these tests. Yeah, yeah that'd be well, good. I have, I have some friends who will come with me and film. And um, if we have success, we'll definitely upload it to BitChute or something. But um, also, if I find that my card doesn't say something that lets them know I'm a national, I will be Freedom of information acting the Secretary of State for my administrative file. Okay. But I will also be carrying my paper on me. And also, I've already let people know, like, I also 
sent my information to Pasadena because that's one place that I'm going to descend on because that's one place that's become very wicked with the, you know, the vaccine thing or toxin thing. So, um, you know, so I let him, I let the police chief know, you know, I'm coming to your town and I'm going to shop. Okay. Now let me ask you a question, pageant. Have you put the uh, attorney general of California on notice? Have you done that? Yep. And uh, a local uh, police chief, local sheriff, the L.A. County coroner. But I also put Pasadena on notice, too, because um, right here where I live, I can go in the mall without uh, pharmaceutical in my blood. But over there, I'm thinking that you can't starting on October 7th. So I wanted to put them on notice okay. because I will be coming to town. Well, you know, and again, the only way that they can do something like that is if you're under their jurisdiction. So uh, pageant is, I would say, not only your your innate personality and ability, but you have now uh, even had more of uh, an incentive and more uh, concerted information to make you uh, able to fit the category of being a belligerent claimant. Yep. And I already... Um like if I can find out what what my card says, because I also have a friend who has a police officer as a friend, so we're going to see about that okay. if he would be willing to run my card or not. But yeah. um, if I find out that it does say something like diplomatic courier, then I want to get pulled over by a police officer. And I'm the type of personality that puts out an energy of like, you can't make me wrong. I know that I'm going the perfect pace for me, so cops leave me alone usually. But um, um, I'm dropping that because I do want to get pulled over because I don't want to renew my driver's license. So I want to see if this works. So okay. I'm going to test it that way. Alrighty. Also, when I fly um, back east for me, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, all that, I'm going to be doing all that. Um, I'm going to test it on all kinds of national parks because I know they want you to wear a mask. Well, I'm in the control group and I'm an, a national. So I'm going to push the envelope there, too. Okay. Well, it's too bad we don't have more uh, students like you, Paget. Honestly. Well, if I have one month of success with every single thing I'm about to do. Oh, and I also, I just booked my flight. I just got my card in the mail, and I got a jury summons. And so I let them All know. Right. I'm a U.S. national. You right. know, I'm like... Slaves are not my peers, and so we'll see what they say about no, that. Well, I can guarantee you, well, I know what they're going to say. They're going to kick <laughs> yeah. you right out of the, the jury pool. Yeah, so so that's fine. Um, but but anyway, so um, this is going to be a really good month for me um, exerting myself. And then after uh, I have successes this month, then I'm going to now Wait. look at DMV and the uh, registration of my car. That'll be are the next gonna, thing. Are you going to exert and assert yourself both this month? Exert, as in get out of the exogenic environment, like right. away well, from the you, District of Columbia. Yes, and then assert <laughs> your your new position and freedom. Yes, but I would say I've been doing this for three years, but but without the backing of what you gave me, I uh -huh. am so grateful to you for knowing about this U.S. national well. because. I had empty words to people. They just, I had nothing to back it. I'm standing here as living man and they're not listening to me. And so well, now I have something. Yes. And then I sent you, you queried with me in an email exchange yes. and I dropped you that uh, 1835 Ubuntu. 
Tuku VDRC case, which is. Yes. Do you understand why I have a hard time pronouncing that now that you've said it? I could not understand what you were saying. If I had it in front of me, I would, <laughs> oh. I would pick the letters for people. Because I'll put it in the chat. When when we finish, when I finish talking, I'll go and highlight what you gave me and I'll put it in the chat, okay? But, um, hey, yes, Padgett. The letter. Padgett, this is Dan. Hi, Dan. Uh, I turned in late. I tuned in late. Did you send anything to the IRS? Not yet. I've my I'm doing certain steps first. My first step. I mean, I've done my first steps. My next step is going to be the DMV and the uh, you know for the registration of my car and not having a driver's license anymore. The IRS I will do probably within a year. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's on her way down. We got those letters uh, drafted that uh, with Roger's help to, to send oh. to the uh, to the IRS. I would love it if you could send me a copy. Yeah, well, I will. Uh, just give me your information in chat or send me. Here, I'll put, yeah, I'll put my um, email in there. Okay. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. So, Dan, you got the letters going to the individuals representing Satan. <laughs> yeah, they're on their way. Uh, I was a little cautious. Uh, <laughs> You know, all the uh, real estate stuff is closed. Uh, I don't like having money still in the states, but there's no place to put it at this point. So, uh, but I, I, I figure there may be some uh, uh, attempted repercussions. So I wanted to bypass that. I wanted to do it while she was still in the states because she's coming here. So, but you know, we'll, well, see, we'll see. What uh, again, uh, remember that a year ago um, there was a case, Dan, up in uh, Colorado. I don't know if you heard us talking about it. I saw the story on it. Uh, a guy had written IRS, stroked him a check for, I don't know how much, just quarterly something or annual something. And it was a pretty large check. And they didn't cash it. They didn't cash it. And he thought it, I guess he wasn't reconciling his bank statement. And he thought it was cash. So he overdrew. When they finally got it and ran it, it, oh, it bounced. Okay. And because uh, he'd overdrawn his account, and so then they came after him with all of their all of their arsenal because he bounced a check on them. And he's going, "Well, this is your fault, you know." This is like six months or something before they uh, uh, tried to uh, clear it. And in he got an attorney, and they went and started fighting with him. And what the IRS told them was they were six months behind on opening their mail. And it would take months before they even got caught up. So they still may be suffering from that disability of not having enough manpower to open the mail. So if you send them notice, keep that into mind, you know, the COVID complications, I guess. How's it, how's it going down on the coast there, bud? It's okay. We, uh, you got you know, a good connection today, by the way. Real good connection. Real clear. Yeah, keep my fingers crossed on that one. But, yeah. Uh, no, things are going good. Okay. Uh, progressing. Good. Progressing. Good. So. Well, I got CMT in this uh, in this apartment. It's the one that was in here. CMT for Dan would know. The rest of you probably wouldn't unless you're familiar with Ecuador. That's the country-owned phone system like Southern Bell, who used to be owned by whatever, you know, controlled by them. What if it was a if it was a government-owned unit, which this is. And uh, and so normally, uh, I, I've not been on them before. I know of their existence. I was when I first moved to the other place. But this one's pretty good. Is there, uh, uh, Fidelity sounds pretty good for everybody, doesn't it? 
Yeah, you're coming across great for me. Okay. Well, the reason I ask that is because... Uh, you're coming across good here, too. Okay, good deal, Bob. Uh, the um, the reason I say that is when I was moving in, I've got this very my, – my landlord, Marcelo is his name, and he is super gregarious. He's just a really nice guy, and we hit it off very well. And I think they're very glad to have somebody that's a little more mature and older here and single and not having parties and all that stuff. And so he said uh, – well, they were laying fiber. I could see them, uh, the work crews laying fiber when I was moving in uh, the other day or coming by to visit or something, look at something. And uh, so they said, well, listen, we've ordered because my son, the architect, said, well, if you work on the Internet, you're going to want to have as fast as possible. And they're laying fiber. And so the, as one of the other companies, uh, Cody would know, NetLife and Dan. And uh, he said, you know, we, we, I, I got it scheduled for Monday. And I said, well, hold on. Is that because I know they're laying 5G around here? And I said, is that 5G? Well, we don't know. You know, and the sun says, if 5G around here, I doubt it. Well, I don't think he's understanding what's going on. And uh, so I said, let me work with this on the weekend and for a couple of days. And if it's satisfactory for the things that I do, I just assume I don't need uh, if it's if it's high speed fiber without 5G modem, then I'm all right with it. OK, but if it's 5G that's included, I'm not all right with it. And so uh, yeah, that's why I'm kind of anxious to see if this works pretty good. And for the two shows I've done on it, uh, it seems to be very adequate and probably fine. So uh, that's uh, as we'll test that as it goes on. But it may be a little bit better than the other one I was on, actually. So I'm glad to get the reports back that were loud and clear wall to wall, banging five on the red side. So uh, what else has anybody got going on they wanted to discuss? Any questions or comments? Bob. Yes, Bob. I do. Paul. Paul, excuse Paul me. Paul up here in Connecticut. I thought it was Bob. Yes, you sound right. like Bob a little bit. Sorry, Paul. How are you? Are you are you new with yes, us? I know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Paul, you're uh, K, K's, so Paul. You, K's Paul. You're K's Paul. K's Paul. There you Paul go. and K. K oh, okay. and Paul. All right. Got you now. <laughs> okay. All right. So one quick question, but then one statement. So on my passport card number, it starts with a C. It's 231631. Seven four is the last two numbers, okay. not an 09. Okay. So I, well, you know, I, I listen. I put it down. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that was all. I was oh, say okay. on that. Well, as I said on this 09 thing, it's just a speculation on my part. I've never had anything firm. We've just noticed it with a few. And there may be some other designations and differentiations inside uh, on their workings on how they do this. I mean, has anybody, have any of y'all ever seen yeah. an internal revenue service manual from the inside on all the designations and stuff they got to do and all these little differentiations? Has anybody ever seen one of those before that's done some IRS in-depth study? Okay. Well, then I you, haven't. You, well, you can't appreciate you can't appreciate how detailed and and how much information is in there with all these codes and stuff they got to deal with. Okay, and uh, I mean it takes somebody a really really dedicated study to go in and do that. Now. Uh, I saw some with one of my legal teachers, Gary Bryant, years ago, and it's one of those things you start looking at and go, well, I'm not wasting my time going through all that, you know? And uh, then what happened was when I was doing shows with um, Al Addisk, 
Al Adisk was in connect, contact with a guy named Michael Ellis. I, I hadn't heard Michael's name in a number of years. I don't know what has happened to him. But Michael Ellis was one of these guys that really spent a ton of time and mastered all that. He knew the inside workings of those manuals, and there's a bunch of different ones, okay? They're very large and very complex and very detailed. And somehow, he had taken the time and made the effort to become quite proficient in that. And because of his relationship with Al and Al's relationship with me, I put him and Glenn Ambord together. Now, Glenn, of course, had been working with John on the theoretical and the historical and the way that the system operated. And those are things that Michael Ellis could never have gotten or even surmised out of learning all those manuals. And so what happened was all of a sudden we had all the technical internal stuff from Michael Ellis and we had all the historical overview and the systemic workings of the way the system works and those two guys got together. And that's where they came up with push code 09. Okay? And so uh, an example came up of a, a doctor in San Diego who uh, they were going after for failure to file. Of course, that's a criminal. That's criminal. And they only do that very selectively. They don't go after criminal people where there's a chance they can lose because they don't want to stand the embarrassment. They're always taking those kind of people, doctors and Leslie Snipes and uh, uh, Lorena Helmsley and all those type of people. So when they hang you right before April 15th, it's always timed that way. They can hang you up there where everybody can see you and get scared, so they go file. Okay, And so this doctor... Uh, they found a law firm that would front the information, and Glenn basically wrote all of the case, all the briefs, all the uh, everything. And uh, because of his familiarity and because of his absolute expertise in writing, and especially court stuff, I mean, over the years, he's gotten real good at it. Those of you who have read my book from sovereign to surf government by the treachery and deception of words can appreciate glenn's writing because that book is a product of his writing okay his and john's collaboration on the content but glenn's writing is just uh fantastic so anyway he was the one that was handling it for the law firm behind the scenes and they went to the district court level and uh they got ruled against and and that's when glenn told me he said you know roger he said it's really, really, and this turned this totally turned him off on this whole movement and this whole area of of effort. Okay, and because he, I think he sensed the utter frustration with it after this incident, and he went to the district court level, and he afterwards he said, well, first of all, they tried to get discovery and uh, and uh, uh, interrogatories from the feds, and they would not come off push code oh nine didn't matter who said what they weren't coming off a of push code 09 okay and so uh at the end of that when they ruled against him and glenn said you know not only can the jury is so complex not only can the jury not understand it the judge can't understand it either and they went ahead and appealed to the ninth circuit and they got slammed up there and so that's when glenn just walked away from the whole movement okay uh, and it's unfortunate, but but that's the way it is. Now, what they did subsequently, 
DOJ put out a national, what do they call it, an, uh, an injunction. They got a national injunction for the entire judicial system. Nobody can bring up push code 09 at any district court level. That's how scared of it they are and how protective because it is the absolute overriding element. And that's in one of those big manuals, see? And what that is, is uh, it, it, the, the tax system is totally 100% voluntary, just like the guy that testified in front of Congress in the 50s. said, BATF, now those taxes are mandatory, but income tax is totally voluntary. Well, it is voluntary. And they got to put teeth in it, and this is where they put the teeth in it so that they can come grab your stuff or send you to jail and scare everybody else into volunteering and following up. Okay, and that push code 09 is where they stop the computer. The pu- the computer mainly in Martinsburg, West Virginia, is where the main record center is. Although they've got satellite record centers around the country, Ogden, Utah being one of them, etc. But the Martinsburg, West Virginia one is the one that holds all the individual master files and all that kind of stuff. That's your own file with all these designations in there and everything they've had. Just like the, you know, your administrative file, individual master file, same thing. Okay. And that you can FOIA that, by the way. And that's how people went in. They had these manuals. They'd FOIA their individual master file and they'd see what they've got them listed as overseas truck manufacturer, insurer, overseas insurer, whatever all these categories are that they categorize you. Because the computer's got to be programmed correctly, it runs correctly. And it cannot go through and sequence the entire process unless there's a 1040 form filed so unless you've agreed contractually this is tells just voluntary unless you've gone in and totally agreed and signed a 1040 form the computer will not move forward and that's what push code 09 is push code 09 is towards the back of the process when the computer will stop because there's not especially if they're going after you for failure to file okay or if they're just coming after you to grab something either way and uh, it gets to that point where it's got, it won't go any further unless there's a 1040 file, a statute staple, a Jewish shetar, whatever you want to call it. Again, those are all labels for the same thing. Okay, And it stops, and that's when an agent goes in and executes push code 09. They stop the computer, and they, it allows them to enter things into the process, and that's where they enter what's called an SFR. That's their terminology for a substitute for return. In the Patriot community, we call it a dummy return because a dummy is the one that's putting it in there. Okay. Now there's a statute staple, a 1040 filed in the process. The computer recognizes it, and it goes on to assess you and put you on the assessment rolls and then goes on to collection. Now, when they get to collection, now they got another choice. It's the... Remember Johnny Carson, you know, the fork in the road right past the Slauson cutoff. Remember all that, right? And so now they've got this fork in the road, and they got to decide on whether they're going to go after you criminally or they're going to go after you civilly. And they don't go after criminal cases that they do not feel is an absolute slam dunk because they don't want to get beat in court, and that energizes our community. Um 
what was the uh, what was the one that was the airline pilot uh, on willfulness? Does anybody, any of you guys remember versed enough in IRS stuff? He was an airline pilot from Chicago, and he took his case all the way to the Supreme Court, and it all hinged on willfulness. Is this because their their charge on a criminal charge is willful failure to file? Well, do you have an honestly held belief that you don't have to file? Was it Peak? What would anybody know that that case? It's something where his name's real simple. I just never, I can't remember it. Nobody remembers it. Um, anyway, he was an airline. Hey, Roger. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's Brian. Hey, Brian. Do you remember that the guy's name? No, I don't. I was going to ask, uh, what was the code you said at the very beginning? What starts the whole sequence before the SFR? Oh, well, a push code 09. Push code 09. Gotcha. Okay. And, and and I I just know that's what they call it a push code oh nine and I know that when Glenn and you 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 know you've you've had some interactions with Glenn a few years ago Glenn oh, yeah. it, Glenn is a, a belligerent claimant when he grabs something he just like a, a snapping turtle or a pit bull he ain't gonna let go till the lightning strikes okay and that's what they referred to it as push code oh nine all right yeah, I got a question Roger so on uh. You know, if you do fill out a, a W-2 or whatever, if you do work for somebody and you put in that you don't have any uh, liability, right? You don't have a tax liability, so therefore they don't take anything out. Well, then the burden is on them to prove that you have a liability if they ever came back. I would right? think that's correct. Uh, you could, you know, you could attack this a couple of different ways. Um, one is uh, to just uh, like Dave uh, Dave K did. When Jeff suggested to him, just up your um, dependents. I got 15 dependents. Well, you and the wife have been real busy. You got 15 dependents, so I don't guess we'll take too much out of your check. Okay. And the other is through Josh Wallbuilder, uh, who is SEDM.org and FAMGuardian.org, one of our buddies out there in California, very prolific for those of you who like to read. Um, uh, uh, Josh Wallbuilder's got one of his folks that has mastered filing in ours. Somehow, he's been doing it for ten years quite successfully, evidently. And in our, for those of you who are not into the mainstream of the nomenclature here, the NR stands for non-resident alien return. Now, I would never, I would tell any of you, don't don't step out there and file a non-resident alien return. Just don't do it. But this guy evidently has mastered it somehow. And if, if you can communicate with him, in other words, if he's not so busy and you can actually exchange information, I was told that he's been doing it for over 10 years highly successfully with people. And what you do is go ahead and... You go take your IRS earnings and stuff and 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 take whatever deductions and whatever and at the end of the year you give him power of attorney specific power of attorney to file for you and he files the 1040 in ours with the Philadelphia Service Center and everybody gets their money back like revocation of election so I, I I've got somebody that was trying to work with him and, and couldn't get an answer on an email so I don't know what the story is but I learned about him from Josh and evidently uh, he has been very successful at it you know so there are ways to attack this Brian uh, but you being the belligerent claimant and the personality you are you're probably just going to charge right in there and confront him 
Well, I would say this, that I, I'm not familiar, nor do I rec- nor will I give advice in any way, but the, uh, the claiming, I guess, 15 dependents or whatever, well, I don't have that, so I personally wouldn't recommend that because then you would technically be lying. I mean, what if they came back and said something? I personally just say, hey, tell them I don't have a tax liability, so the fact is that's the fact. So I don't want to sugarcoat it with anything. I have personally done that uh, and would recommend doing that for myself. But regardless, I don't have that tax liability. So therefore, the like I said, the burden is on them to then prove it if there was ever any claim. And more people need to be aware of this push code 09 thing. I mean, that's just crazy that you can't bring it up in court. What the hell are we living in? Well, we're living in. I think you probably have come to a conclusion on that. I know. Trust me, I'm (laughs) I'm saying it every time I come on now. It's uh, every day the news is, I'm pitching myself going, what the hell is. Well, they're taking the mask off. Well, they're taking the mask off. That's what's happening. For sure. For sure. And uh, yes, and that was a number of years ago now. Uh, But evidently, and Glenn told me that the DOJ put out a national moratorium. You can't even bring that up at the district court level anymore. Okay, so uh, back to our story, then the the the, uh, SFR, the dummy return and the dummy that presses press code 09 inserts the return and it goes in. And now the computer sees a 1040 and doesn't know that it's the dummy. All it knows is a 1040 has been filed. And so it can move on to assessment and collection. And as we're saying a minute ago, they get to a fork in the road at that point. And they got to decide whether to come after you criminally or civilly. And uh, that's the fork in the road. And the problem for them is Cheek. That was his name, Cheek. Okay, USV Cheek. He was the airline pilot in Chicago. And there was a whole bunch of people after that decision because it ruled in Cheek's favor. IRS does not like to lose tax cases at the Supreme Court. Okay, I promise you. All right. And so the Cheek defense is... um, willfulness well i have an honest uh, honest uh, desire and i don't think i i was willful in it i've got a reason here not to file and so a lot of attorneys and people started picking up the cheek the willfulness defense uh and uh, it, it won in a few of them you know uh but i'm not sure they don't hear it too much anymore i'm sure that they found a way to short sheet it but uh, that's the reason that they really are careful on which cases they go after criminally because they don't want to try and string you up and have the rope break on them. Okay. And so the other way is civilly. That's the one they prefer and the one that they go after most of the time. And that is utilizing the self-help remedies, lien, levy, garnishment, and seizure. Because you now have signed, uh, if, if you haven't signed, it's already at the 1040s in there, and you don't know any difference because you're in a contract. I should have gone into the explanation of that. But at that point, they've put in a, if you didn't file, they've put in a dummy return for you. And if you did file, they've got a return in there for you, and they're just coming you after, after you on an amount. Okay, amount discrepancy or whatever. But that is with the 1040 form. 1040 is a specialty contract, as we know. We've gone over from the UCC, and it's got to have, to fit that criteria of a specialty contract, it's got to have two important elements. It's got to have a recognizance in it 
which is a fancy word for recognize, and there's a clause in there that you sign has got to be signed under penalty of perjury. A jurat, I swear under penalty of perjury, the above going is true and correct. So you've signed that under penalty of perjury, and you've recognized or okayed or brought into effect and in action the recognizance. And the recognizance is simply a fancy word that recognizes another body of law. And the recognizance in a 1040 form is I agree to abide by all the acts and conditions in Title 26 Code of Federal Regulations. So there's where all the regulations are. You've signed it under penalty of perjury. So now they can come after you because of that. And because the law merchant or the UCC is now used in all tax collections, now they can come after you with their self-help remedies. Okay. Roger. Yes. Has anybody ever, or are you aware, or is anybody ever, anybody else aware, has anybody laid this out like in a really carefully documented, almost an affidavit statement of their yeah. fraud and well, not. used it? I mean, I, there's a gentleman, I'm, you've mentioned, I'm drawing a blank, uh, that sent the IRS like 40 questions or something. That was Al, Al Addis, his 99 yeah, questions. Addis, yeah, Addis. Is that part of what he asked? Or, I mean, it, I don't know. Like, wouldn't the average person then just say that, hey, if I don't have a tax liability and if they ever came at me, then uh, pardon me. I think you've made a mistake. But in the meantime, can you please answer these questions? Because I believe, you know, fraud has been committed by you and your agents in filing these things on a push code 09. Well, that's exactly if you went. That's another way of, of a defense with these guys. And what are you using as a defense? You're using the fact you're in a court of record. The court of record, even though you don't recognize it, doesn't have a black robe judge unless you go to an administrative tribunal or something. But what makes the administrative state a court of record is the fact that you've got an administrative file. And they, by their rules, by, you know, the Administrative Procedures Act, five section title five, section five, five, two and following. That's the Administrative Procedures Act. That is the Bible, the how-to, that you got to do it this way, the rules and regulations of the administrative state on how they've got to operate, okay? And don't forget, if they operate outside of those rules and regulations, now the agent becomes personally liable and they lose their cloak of immunity. So it's pretty serious, okay? And so what they do is uh, they have to keep a record internally called your administrative file we refer to it here as the record of the court proceedings even though it's not in a courtroom it's a record of all the correspondence they send to you and all the correspondence you send to them and it's just like this case that uh, page pageant and i were talking about from 1835 okay on the passport it says doesn't matter about the passport it's whatever paperwork the secretary has in his possession if admissible in a court of law should be be considered the higher and better evidence well that applies to administrative agencies even though it was written in 1835 okay they've got to keep a correspondence of that and so if you take and uh, daryl's got a copy I, I i've heard recently and i hope this isn't the case i've heard recently that uh, al is uh, no longer with us okay i never saw any kind of announcement or anything else i haven't had any kind of response for the correspondence I've sent to him, and we didn't part on a particularly bad footing, and I have a lot of respect for Al Adisk. 
He gave me a couple of the real big pieces to this puzzle, I can tell you, on those shows we did. But regardless, Daryl got a hold of him previous to whatever's happened where he's disappeared and has a copy of those, I think it's 99 questions. And, boy, they were good questions, Brian, okay? Very poignant, very detailed, all right? And um, you send that to the IRS, okay? So now what do we know that happens? They've got to keep it in your administrative file. And if they ever want to take you to court, you can bring in the administrative file and those questions into the court proceedings because you've entered them. And they have to keep them, okay? It's the same principle then as putting the – the head of state on notice. It, it, all, all you're doing is this exact same principle. And see, what they don't want is to have you bring those up in a courtroom where they're trying to convict you of something and go, well, hell, look at these questions. They never answered one of these. Well, what's the deal? You know, the, see, that's the kind of thing that will deter them. All right. And that's the kind of thing right there that will send you down the administrative procedures path of, of civil where they're going to just come and grab something. They're not going to risk bringing that up in court, okay? And so uh, they still may exercise lien, levy, garnishment, and seizure on them. Of course, if they do, then you've got some recourse, potentially, to take them to court. But they, you've got a, I think in ta- there's a tax called the Tax Injunction Act or something. You've got to pay the tax before you can take them to court. Now, what you? Well, yeah, that's the way it is. You get you, you got to pay them for you. bank robber first. And that's then right. You got to go through the whole process that's before you can even call the police. That's exactly that's exactly correct. Okay, I mean, come oh, on, it's geez. rigged in their favor totally, man. Okay, so at some point they go down that 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 civil road, and then they got to come in and they got to find out. Well, here's the way to cover your asset there. If you're still in the system, hey, this is the way people used to do it. Well, don't own anything. You know, that's why you got a lot of patriots that don't have two nickels to rub together because they couldn't go out and get a regular job because they'd get their damn wages garnished. Okay? We still got people that have got tax problems that at the first of the month, like today, uh, it may have been Monday, it was Friday, at the first of the month, they've got to go to the bank and grab their retirement stuff that's been automatically deposited for the IRS can exercise a, a, a seizure warrant. And seize it out of their bank account. Okay? So these things happen, and that's what happens when the IRS goes down this civil path. Uh, And uh, that is, of course, self-help remedies. I cannot impress upon you guys how important self-help remedies are and the way our enemies use them. Because all it does is further their view in people's eyes of being tyrants. Like this guy was, no, no, I don't want to talk about the IRS. I don't even want to bring them up on the program. I want to hear everything else, but let's not mention the IRS. I'm going, holy smokes, man. And I understand it, okay? I understand that they've got the guy under what kind of stress and how many hundreds of thousands of dollars of hypothecated debt that he didn't know or whatever else is going on. And I know the way they scare people because I've been through the process myself, okay? 
and uh but i just thought that was particularly ironical and obviously he doesn't understand what we're teaching here or he'd understand and have a better idea and i know it's confusing even if you've been in this studying for a long time you don't understand the workings and the importance and the objective of the administrative state the administrative state is what's there to rule you the new serf with man-made laws and enforcement okay I mean, that's the whole ball game is the administrative state. And if you are out of the administrative state, they got no jurisdiction. I was asking this guy, Patrick, I said, well, Patrick, can they go up to Canada and grab a Canadian national or a Mexican national and do all this to them? Well, no. Well, they can't do the same thing with this, with the U.S. national. But, boy, getting that conditioning across to some people is is difficult, if not impossible. Okay. But that's the IRS process, and that's the way it works. And uh, if uh, if you want to stay in the system, just don't own anything. You know, put the house in somebody else's name or in a trust. Hey, or, guys. Yeah, whatever. Hello, who we got there? Is that Thomas? Leon. Hey, Thomas. Leon. It's Leon. Oh, it's Leon. I'm sorry. You sound like Thomas in Florida. Hey, Leon. My suggestion is call us the cost of doing business. Go ahead. File the normal one at the end of the year and start all over again in January in your new status. You'll have less hassle, I do believe. Well, I do tell people the best, the bet, the idea, you know, the, if you remember job interviews and stuff and you're reading and they go, the ideal candidate, quote unquote. The ideal candidate here in dealing with these bunch of thieves is to have a clean slate with them. And. And see, then there's another way of potentially screwing with them. And I thought about this a couple of years ago, especially for those people that are in a settlement agreement. You know, you, you've owed them a whole bunch of money. They got all this pressure on you, probably caused a divorce like it does in some instances and all the uh, accompanying repercussions that absolutely make somebody's life miserable. Okay. And uh, put all that pressure on you. So you go in and you sit down with them and you sign a, an agreement, settlement agreement. Now, the agents, they don't care about the money, really. They care about their boss getting that case folder settled and getting these people back into the system where they're filing regular. And that's the commitment they want. And so when they do a settlement with you, you come up with some. I remember Tom Schramm's. Because he, he had to go through this. You know, our old buddy Tom, who we hadn't heard from in a coon's age. Um, I hope he's doing all right. Tom uh, went in and, and agreed to the, one of these settlement agreements with him. And uh, so he agreed to pay him $100 a month. And he used to have to go by the office and give him $100 a month in cash every month. But when you bow down to him like that, one of the stipulations in the contract that you sign, don't think they're going to let you do that without signing something, okay? One of the stipulations in the contract you sign is you'll continue to file a 1040 form for the next five years or however long, okay? So there may be the rub, and I'm not sure of the language in that, all right? But this could be a way to maneuver around that. You go ahead and sign up and tell them that, and then you go ahead and start giving them some money, whatever you agree to. And then when it comes to filing, after you do the agreement, you change your status. 
and now the next 1040s that you file, you do zero returns. You've got still filing a 1040. It's just you've changed statuses, and I doubt if there's language in their agreement there as to the changing of statuses and what the repercussions of that may be. Uh, there might be. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but that's the way I kind of tend to uh, tear these things apart and try and come to a conclusion is you go in, you sit down, you get the heat off your back, and then you turn around, and part of it is continuing to file returns, so you file zero returns because you don't know anything from that point but you're still filing a return aren't you so you fulfill that requirement don't know if that works or not it's just speculation on my part i thought it's kind of interesting on the way you can approach some of the fine points in these situations leon how you doing this morning did you have something to add leon or a question or something my man Hmm, guess not. All right. Does anybody else have anything to comment on? You got any comments on the IRS process? I could talk about how they get you in the contract at the front end. Is that Leon again? Yeah, I turned my microphone off. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, I'm th- I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, well, hold on, Paul. Let me get Leon and we'll get to you. Go ahead, Leon. Yeah, I will. I hope you're all realizing we're in the point of time where we're going to have to do something different, and that is we're going to have to all decide on what kind of business we're going to start to get out of this totally. we got to quit playing games with employers that want to play the game. They want to play the game, and they want to think... Well, well hold on. But I, let me just... Let's clarify something. I don't think most of them want to play the game. But I think most of them are scared as hell of these people. And as I've told you, there no employer is going to fight your IRS battle for you. There ain't one out there that's going to do it, or at least I never could find one. So it's a, it's not that they want to play the game, Lewis. It's that they're so damn scared of them, even probably more so than you are, that they play it by necessity. This. Okay. okay. But the way to do that is to sidestep them. Uh, you can either, depending on your employer, you know. Uh, uh, David David uh, K is a perfect example. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you're with us or not this morning, but uh, he went in. He's got a evidently pretty pretty good cushy job, and uh, he went in. And Oracle handles all of their tax stuff. You don't even have they don't even have an HHR or a human services department, or at least that deals with this. And everything's online with some Oracle program. And he just went in and clicked on the fact that I'm not liable for federal taxes, and the computer system reacted and said he's not liable for federal taxes he sent me a screenshot of it okay so i don't know if that ain't the easy way out these days if you're lucky enough to have a job like that i guess and uh have a company like that where you can make your own decisions but that was a recent case with david okay i saw it he sent me the document the screenshots of it we'll see down the road Okay, well, and I'm always in, look, I'm always in favor of us going out and being entrepreneurial. That's what I call it, an entrepreneur. Uh, being entrepreneurial and going out and making your own way in this world and telling those people to go pound sand, okay, or something else. Uh, so, anyway, Leon, I think that addresses that, and, and I just want to make sure that you understand. Now, some of the – if you're working for a, a New World Order company, yeah, they're, they're, you know, the hierarchy and the stock ownership and all that stuff is going to be predisposed to these people. But I think most employers, especially small businesses – 
they're they're not they're as scared of them as you are they're just not going to fight your battle for you okay because they've seen everybody lose in the past and they don't want to be losers they're trying to be winners right now but every small company out there i hope you guys see the big picture knowing what we know and you start small locally in your town with the small people and help them realize you know this irs and none of this applies to you if you get out of the status you're in you insinuate you, you think you want to be a uh, uh, 14th Amendment citizen, but they don't know they're a 14th Amendment. No, they, they think a citizen got to pay the bill. They got no idea. And the best thing to use, in all honesty, is that certificate of non-citizen nationality, State Department policy statement. Carry a copy with you. Tattoo it on your arm. Uh, you know, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Did you know this? And the way you proceed from that is, did you know this? Did you know you had a dual political status? Well, everybody you ask is going to go, no. Did you know you had a dual political status? No. Have you ever been asked if you're a U.S. national? Now you're leading them to the two questions. Have you ever been asked if you're a U.S. national? Well, what are they going to say? No. Okay. Never ask a question you don't know the answer to, right? Have you ever been asked if you're a U.S. national? No. If not, why not? We got a... I got a, they call them, well, they're a farmer's market, actually. It's on a farm here. And they're about to get nailed with all their property because the New World Order on Agenda 21 is wanting to come in and take everything and change it all over and with the water rights and stuff. I dropped them off a paper, but I guess they're probably scared or something. I need to stop back by them. But I'm trying to tell them, it says, as long as you stay the status you are, you don't. You're not going to stand a chance in any court. They'll they'll have their way with you. Sorry. If you if you change your status, you might get your product, your farm back, and everything else. So well, you might even you might even get a loyal title to it if you want to go ahead and go through that process, and then you own it, and then you can put no trespassing signs. And if the sorry bastards come on your property, you can shoot them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up that. Uh, I think we need to start with small businesses out there that know they have the power to fight real easy. Uh, and the law is on their side when all they say that I'm a national, I'm an old-fashioned state citizen, now they call me a national, and I am no longer a subject of the federal government. Now, that's I, unique in this country. You don't get away with that where Roger is or other places are. Nope. They don't have that. They don't have dual statuses in these other countries, but you probably can get out of it, at least according to John Smith, by rebutting the presumption. Rebutting the presumption that you have been assigned a political status at birth, and evidently that common law birth certificate, and that's his words, Okay that work in any country of the world. I, I don't know any more than that. I don't know a whole lot about his stuff uh, other than I think that that's the principle it's working on is rebutting the presumption. Paul, what were you, uh, what were you chomping at the bit about a minute ago? <laughs> All right. Well, no, no, honestly, I have my own business. I, I, I'm a sole owner, you know, I do a DBA. I do business as a rain company, you know. Anyway. Uh, so, years ago, when Kay and I first moved to this house, we rented it here in Danbury, and, you know, just really bought it, and so, I, I had tried to, to file a business name at Danbury, 
and, and they said, oh, if you don't own the property, you have to get permission from your landlord. Well, I just went to the next town over, went in and filed a DBA, and that's all, the, you know, that was all that was really needed for the state. And I really shouldn't even have ever done it, but because I subcontract, I have to have some type of business name. Okay, well, just last year, actually, well, this year, that town of New Fairfield, which is right right next to us, tried to say, hey, I, I because I'm a business, I owe them property tax. <laughs> and, and, and they sent the letter to my address in Danbury, but they, they put New Fairfield, my, 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 <laughs> my city street, but this is New Fairfield, and it got mailed to me, even with the wrong zip code. And I went over and said, hey, look, guys, come on. This is a, you don't have that address here in your town. This is in Danbury. Well, obviously, they, they said, oh, okay, well, we, we can't do anything with that. We can't tax you. So they obviously notified the city of Danbury. I just, just this weekend got a letter from the city of Danbury saying that I now have to file a purple personal property declaration for Paul Bailey and my home gutters. And that's my DBA. <laughs> mm. I'm thinking, because I, I have sent notice to the city, we have no sheriffs. There are no counties in the state of Connecticut anymore. Right. It's so, the only state so in the union where that, to, it's the only state in the union where that's the case, by the way, Paul. I know, I know. Oh, back in the, I think it was like in the early 60s, they, they, they did away with it. <laughs> huh. Well, anyway, you know, one of the reasons I think, the, one of the reasons I think they're doing that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but one of the reasons I think they're do, doing that is so you'll have a registered service agent and an address. Have you have you inquired as to that? Because there are certain services where you can go and use as your address, and all it is is a secretary in an office, and they, a whole bunch of businesses register there. They're famous in Nevada because of their corporate loopholes out there where they're the registered service agent. What they're doing is if you have something and so, do something incorrectly and somebody wants to come after you, they got to know where to serve you. So that may be part of this, Okay. It could be. So my, my thought on this is, because have, we have given notice to our, our chief of police here locally and to the state uh, attorney, which is the local city one, and the state's attorney general. Right. I'm thinking of just sending in to the city of Danbury the same letter that they sent me, a copy of it, along with my declaration that I have on file with the State Secretary, Secretary of State, and you say, "Hey, look, you know, I, 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 I you know." Uh, here's what you might is this with a little cover letter. I would suggest that you do that, Paul, and send it to the local attorney, and maybe even send it to the Attorney General, and say, "Is this a law that is only applicable to citizens of the United States and residents?" That's right. Okay. Okay. 
and, and see how and, and see how they react. You know, again, on these types of issues, and I don't have the answers for all this stuff. You know, on these types of issues, the only way we're going to find out answers for everybody is when someone like yourself and these that gets caught in these situations presses the envelope and gets back an answer. Hey, that's a good point. So I will contact my, my state attorney general, and I will contact the attorney, the city's attorney, you know, uh, attorney. I would, ask, hey, is this, I would, like you said. I would also uh, 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 copy the local district attorney. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. The local district attorney right. and, and the state attorney general. Because I have given them both notice. Okay. That well, uh, let us know how they were. And then let us know how it turns out and how they respond, if you would, Paul. Hey, Paul. Sure. Yeah. Got to be interesting to find out. Hey, does this law apply to only U.S. citizens? <laughs> hey, Paul. Yes. Hey, Paul. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, go ahead and uh, try this one out. You contact them. Thank you for your notice. Please provide with me a copy of the signed agreement that you and I decided to do business together. Please provide in the next 10 days. Sign so-and-so without prejudice and where to go. See what happens. I bet they don't have a contract for it. They can't okay. provide a contract. Yeah, well, of course see, they don't have contracts. I never registered in the town of Danbury. But you got it in writing. You got it in writing when they can't answer it. So if you have no contract with them, you're not doing business with them. Who is so there's who, your DBA. Who's talking right there? Leon. Oh, Leon. Okay, didn't sound like you. Yeah, go ahead and try that, Paul. And once again, run it up the flagpole. All they can say is no. But I have a, I have a sneaking, I have a sneaking suspicion it's because of this service agent as service agent aspect of that. Should you uh, do something wrong in your workings or somebody, and they want to come back and sue you? Well, if they say no, if they say no, obviously there's no obligation. So bye bye. I have a feeling it'll just go bye bye. Yeah. Okay. I would think so. You know, it's like, hey, I never did file a rigid with the city of Danbury. So, hey, you know. It, um, you know, it's unfortunate. We, we've we had a couple of people. Patrick, our, um, our uh, tow truck owner there in Memphis, who we hadn't seen around in a while, uh, he was going to take his business and go through this. And, I always forget. Okay. Now i got to mention this cable. Okay, uh, Leon, if you could, Leon, could you, Leon, could you stick your mute on, please? Um, and uh, uh, Patrick uh, was going to convert his business and go through the process, and was talking to Brent about uh, maybe making, uh, putting it in a trust, etc. But we've never heard if he followed up on it or not. So, hey, Leon, 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 old buddy, could you stick your mute on, if you would, please? Got it. That that conversation's coming through. And it's a little distracting on these 
incredibly important <laughs> issues we're discussing here this morning. Uh, I'd like to hear from Patrick. He's crossed my mind a couple of times and find out what's going on with him over there in Memphis. Uh, but any, you know, that's what we need is more people like you that are out there entrepreneurian and uh, put themselves through this process and go, well, you know, I'm sorry, none of those man-made laws apply to me anymore. Uh, this is over there in the possession of the secretary. Would you like to go talk to him about it? Mr. Blinken, would you like to go? Would you like to have a real intellectual conversation with Mr. Blinken, Secretary Blinken? Uh, so Winken and Blinken and nod. Uh, did you see it, hear him get nailed in the Senate the other day? Man, one of those senators, I don't remember who it was, nailed his butt on who's controlling the microphone for Joe Biden. Well, no, that didn't happen. Well, yes, it did. We saw it happen right there. They cut the microphone. No, it didn't happen. You didn't see that. Did anybody see that little exchange? I mean, these people are just absolutely the big. Jesus had it right, absolutely, in Revelation 2, 9, and 3, 9. They are liars, buddy. And they lie when the truth would do. They'd lie just to tell the lie. They're the biggest bunch of sleazy bastards that have ever walked the face of the earth. You're thieves, you're murderers, you're liars, and every bad adjective that you can put on some son of a bitch, and you are a son of a bitch because Satan is your father, okay? And you fit all of them, you sorry bastards. And you've gotten caught. We've caught you. And the longer this goes along, the more you get exposed. So pull all your crap. Go ahead and pull all your weapons out. We're going to beat you. And I hope to hell that I live to see the day when you son of a bitches hang for with a short rope from a tall tree. And they just let you sit there until the flesh falls off your bones. Do you know that if you ask them four times because of the Divins Act, they're supposed to say the truth on the fourth time? Well, I don't know, but we'll see about that. You know, I, I, <laughs> I think those things are a little bit... Uh, sometimes far-fetched, but I want to give them the truth the first time and have the son of a bitches recognize it and go away. And in my experience, when we do things correctly, they do. Okay. Hello. Hello. Who's this? Manju. Hi. Hi, this is Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Welcome back. Hi. Girl, how in the world have you been? Hi. Padgett, have you, and Lauren, have you and Lauren gotten together yet? I, I know I put you two together on email. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't remember. Hi, well, Lauren. I'm going to tell you, Lauren Pageant, when you get all the knowledge that this girl's gotten over the years because of me urging people to be knowledgeable so they can be belligerent, when you get all of her knowledge, you are going to be absolutely formidable. And you already are, okay? But I mean, man, the, Lauren has been such an exemplary student. There's several of you gals. I don't mean to, to just, uh, you know, send her. Uh, and cut Lauren out, but she doesn't join us too often, and she's always been is so it just absolutely so impressionable to me on the way that she handles herself with this information. How you doing, sweetie? How's retirement treating you? Thank you so much for that edification. That was very, very, very thoughtful. Um, um, retirement is fabulous, but I wanted to I I emailed to you Aladask. 66 questions for you to share out okay. amongst anyone else who who might want them they are it's there that's an education just to read it, through it, them. it absolutely is Tremendous education. he did a fantastic job with that phenomenal but also you were talking about failure to file and willful 
failure to file. Correct. And if it's one thing that I learned, and I believe I got this out of the Galileo paradigm, um, it was very, very specific. Willful failure to file is lodged against someone who knows they have a requirement to file and they don't. Right. So I thought, well, that's fantastic because if I ever get a notice like that, well, I know that I don't have an obligation to file, so you can't use that one. Well, but of course, any any Evan, any agency that has anything to do with revenue has gotten an overwhelming amount of information from me, and it's not been rebutted, <laughs> so I don't expect to have any any complications with the IRS at all. Uh, you know, once you've got that main paper on file with the Secretary of State, because of that almost 200-year-old ruling and because of the way the system works and is structured, they will never come after you in any kind of a criminal procedure because they do not want to lose. It's right. it's well, uncommon enough that they lose anyway, and occasionally they do, all right? But, boy, they don't right. like it because it really puts big egg on their face, and instead of accomplishing what they're trying to accomplish, it does exactly the opposite. Well, you had asked last week, I don't know why it is our people want to put so much information in the affidavit. All you need is this one sentence. Well, there are some things in your original affidavit that do address IRS issues. Yes, there are. And those, and, and those, I believe those are important to have in there. Well, I don't disagree with you. Unrebutted, then there you go. So John. I, I'm all about overwhelming them with. Everything. I mean, cover your cover your your bases. I, I still want. I still stress to try and keep it simple and try and get it to one page. John Casarab and I had a conversation. Exactly what you're talking about right there, and he brought up specifically the language that's in my original affidavit that John and John and Glenn wrote concerning IRS. If particularly somebody has a, a you know a a, a a vendetta with the IRS or a situation with them where that is particularly part of what you're filing here okay and what you would do is put the first sentence in there i i lauren from pennsylvania do solemnly swear under the laws penalty of perjury the laws of the united states of america my desire to be a u.s national instead of a citizen of the united states that's first sentence secondly you could come in and say as a national i am non-resident to the residency and alien to the voluntary servitude status of the 14th amendment and then that in your affidavit now identifies the irs as the as the prime recipient and you use that to put them on notice and it just goes in their file not that they wouldn't know that it, the single first sentence doesn't clear you, but if you wanted to be ultra-specific, you could put that language in there. My new status is non-resident to the residency of Title 26 CFR 1.1-1A and alien to the voluntary servitude status that I have fraudulently and erroneously volunteered into my entire life. You know, it depends on what language, how, how you want to, you know, dress it up. But something like that. I think the important thing is right. non-resident to the residency and alien to the voluntary servitude status of the 14th mm -hmm. Amendment. But you're right. I don't have any objection with that. And are you, yeah. And are you familiar with Jerry Day? His um, site is Freedom Taker. I'm not. And he, he, he puts up videos every once in a while. But when he does, they're, they're very, very well done. 
He, um, he had one up on the smart meters. He's got a whole bunch of them up. And he's he's got a website, Freedom Taker, because you have to take your freedom back. You can't... That's very true. It boggles my mind when I hear when I hear people say, you know, in these protests, give us our constitutional rights. And I just say, oh, my <laughs> oh, God. Doesn't that oh, make you cringe? Lord. Oh, my. I, I, it, it real, I, I feel so sorry for these people. They're so uh, misinformed. I mean, listen, we're hearing people like Barnes, the constitutional attorney. All these other people use yeah. it. And you go, holy smokes, man. Uh, you know, this this mountain may be too too big for us. <laughs> But yeah. one of these days well, we're anyway, going to hit that. I, one of these days we're going to hit our stride, Lauren, and we're going to hit one of these platforms, uh-huh. and people like that are going to go, "Holy smokes, have uh-huh. I been deceived?" Well, I'm I I send him a donation because I I appreciate his work and all the information that he puts up. It's it's very very well done, and he called me and to thank me. And we got to talking about the 14th Amendment and the different citizenship status, and he was not aware of that. So oh. I said, well, I'll, I'll send you some documents. So, so I over, overloaded him with just all kinds of stuff, and my affidavit, of course, and all these other things. And he wrote me back and said, what do you think my next video should be on? And I said, very, very definitely the difference between United States citizen and citizen of the United States of America. Well, listen. I gave him your contact. Oh, good. I said, you know, if you want to do a video, contact Roger. You know, if you have any snags or things you want to iron out, he'll be more than happy to help you. So he may get in touch with you. Good. Well, I'll be looking for his name is Jerry Day, did you say? Jerry Day. Okay. And his website is Freedom Taker. Taker. I think it's freedomtaker.org. Okay, .org. Okay, well, I'd love to speak with him, obviously. You may want to send him, Lauren, just in, I don't know if you didn't already, uh, a copy of that interview with Deanna Spingola. I, I still think for people that are new to this that that may be the best introduction you can uh-huh. give them, honestly. I'll check and see if I had sent him a link to that one. But uh, that, I don't know, something was magic about that. I I, I have a great mm-hmm. warm spot in my yeah. heart for Deanna and, you know, her and like Joyce. I was on Joyce Joyce's show three times, two times with her, and I could tell at the end of the program she just didn't get it. Well, not, it's not her fault. I understand that. And I understand at that point in time I wasn't real adept at explaining it. Some people could get it, but... Uh, most people it still went over their heads because I just couldn't identify. You know what it was is I used to have to start at the bottom and work my way up to the top and show you everything. Now um, I've got a control of it enough I can go to the end game and show you from the end game what's happened and work your way back, and that's much speedier and more efficient. Because you see it the right there. I did send him a link too. Okay, excellent. Well, it, uh, I did send him a link to, to Deanna's. Okay, good. Well, hope, hopefully he'll take the time to listen to it. I think yeah. uh, that even if, if, and you can tell somebody because that's a, almost a three-hour program. You know, um, people are hesitant yeah. about getting in something like that. Just say, well, just listen the first twenty twenty-five minutes. Because you listen the first twenty-five minutes, you'll listen to the whole thing. Well, we had a pretty good long conversation, and we good. spoke for about an hour. Is that and, right? Um, well, good. So I was able to give, yeah. So I was able to give him a a, a fairly decent cur- cursory education about okay. the difference. 
and its ramifications for our freedom. Right. Well, it's a, you know, that, and it's something you take back. You got to go back and overcome this uh, little trick they put on you at birth, and uh, uh, another Jerry Day maybe. And we've got a a, a new program this week. We got a new program next week, and uh, you know we're making some progress, folks. Believe me, if you've been in the trenches as long as I've been with this, and you start seeing these kind of things happening, it's big progress. Okay, big progress. So uh, people are people are wanting answers and they're looking for them and all we got to do is get out there and I would invite any of you if you've got a connection with one of these websites like Jerry Day and Lauren uh, just say hey, this is information you really need to be aware of and you really need to introduce it to your audience and we just take one step at a time and hopefully we're going to be at critical mass pretty soon and uh, and from then on out it's going to be uh, fur flying baby. I'm telling you, these people are scared. They're scared to death of this. I'm telling you. You mailed a copy. What, Lauren? I mailed a copy of your book to um, Handsome Truth over at Goyam TV. Right. Oh, good. Because because he's always, you know, to him it's the Jews. It's the Jews. It's all the Jews. They got to get out of the country. And I, I, I can I. It's really not all of them. No. I know that. I I I have a friend who's Jewish, and there's he doesn't have. A mean, malicious bone in, in his, his body. body. I've known so, a number of that, so, like that, and I, yeah. you know, that's. I have a hard time with that too because I've known Jewish yeah. folks from my record business years. I yeah. had a Jewish roommate for five years, you know, and uh, so. Uh, but I, I but, still support him because I know he and his buddies are going out to do another name the nose tour in Texas in October, and what they're doing is they're educating the public about really the Jewish hierarchy. Like, here's all the people who own everything in Hollywood. These are the bankers. These are all the, the owners and presidents of all of the pharmaceutical companies. Are you seeing a trend? Yep. You know, it's like, why aren't there any Irish Catholics in these positions? Why aren't there any Spanish people in these positions? No, they're all Jews. Yeah. So they do a good job of waking people, at least waking people up to begin to look and see who is really running this place. Well, you know, the interesting indictment now is to wait to identify these people even further, Lauren, is what's going on in Israel. I mean, you know, it's one of the highest vaccinated. They're even saying the fourth jab now, and they won't let you do anything out without taking it. You, if you don't get the updates, you're considered not to be vaccinated. <laughs> So why have they gone in and vaccinated 85% of Israelis? Because those are the real Jews that know who these people are and can point the finger out and identify them. That's why they're going after them like that. They hate them worse than they hate the Palestinians. They're not vaccinating the Palestinians. Okay. So that's very insightful. That's very insightful into this schism inside yeah. and who the new two and three niners really are. What were you going to say that I interrupted? Mm-hmm. Oh, I said that's all I have to offer for today. Oh. I'm glad you're moved and settled. Oh, in thank home. goodness. I hope you have a beautiful well, life. You, you know, the microphone didn't pick up all the dog barking because when they'd be raising all that hell, I'd ask you guys and you didn't hear anything, but... Uh, as I said yesterday to the family, I went over and let yesterday to do something. And two days in a row on Saturday and Sunday, I go over there just when they're finishing lunch. Yeah. 
Okay, and so I got two uh-huh. two meals out of it <laughs> yesterday. I was like, I don't. What time are y'all having lunch tomorrow? <laughs> so she's a, she works during the week up in Quito, so she doesn't cook during the week, but she cooks on weekends. It's very sweet, and and uh, they're just very nice, and uh, it's going to be a nice arrangement for me, I think. So. Anyway, it's very quiet. Oh, and you won't be able to tell the frogs to be quiet. That way, well, the frogs aren't up in the daytime. It's they at don't. night when and they, they don't listen. You know, and oh, it's probably yeah. as loud uh-huh. as those rascals are. Mm-hmm. It, they're probably all of about an mm-hmm. inch long. You know, if you went and looked for mm-hmm. them, you probably couldn't find them. But it's thousands of them. Yeah, well, it's a couple of them. They're very loud. You know, yep. so. Uh, but I use at night when I'm going to mm-hmm. sleep. I get a program yep. of rain. You know, or 10 hours, 11 hours of rain mm-hmm. on a tin roof or something and play that in the background so the frogs just mm-hmm. blend right in, you know. But uh, I thought when I, I told... I lived with my parents. They had a house that was... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, you. When you lived with your parents, they had oh, a house... When I, lived with my, uh, when I lived with my parents, they had a house that was deep in the woods, and there were lots of summer nights that I wanted to sleep with my windows open, but I couldn't because the daggone frogs were so loud... I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. So I appreciate where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, I was telling them about, I said, you know, I went to school in Louisiana, and uh, they eat those things down there. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're not, they're big. Uh, hey. Hello. Um, they got big frogs in the bayous down there, and uh, you go out and grab them at night and go frogging, you know. And, uh, heck, those things can be a foot long for as you stretch them out. Uh, if you've never had frog legs, I, as 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 unpalatable or as unusual as that is in our diet, those that frog legs taste great. Okay, that's a French thing. Yeah, it must be. Um, but boy, they sure are good. I know if you go out frogging and you got these little headlights on, you know, you put those little lights on your forehead and you look for green eyes and wherever you see green eyes, you'll almost always a lot of times see red eyes and you got to make sure you grab the green eyes because the red eyes are the snakes that are after the frogs. So, uh, listen, here we are towards the back end of the program. Anybody got anything that they wanted to bring up over the conversations we've had today? Now, that's a guy that's been frogging. <laughs> well, I tried it once or twice. That's one of the cautions that you get when you're going. <laughs> Don't grab the red eyes. Uh, so, anyway. Um, well, I guess we'll uh, close Monday. I, I know that uh, I guess we should mention there was two pretty good new uh, Cliff High audio videos one of them was a repeat the third time or fourth time with greg hunter and so he was on greg hunter's uh, show yesterday usawatchdog.com if you didn't catch that it's a good interview uh he said the 6th through the 10th and uh around a few days around the 23rd of this month or what their advanced data shows are pretty serious financial happenings 20 24th through the 28th okay the 24th through the 28th and the 6th through the 10th and he said november and december are going to be brutal so get prepared and uh may be good to have cash uh if you can get cash 
uh, cash will be recognized by the people that you, if they have anything that the supply line has been able to deliver that hadn't been disrupted, cash will be recognized, especially in foreign countries. Okay. And so uh, I'll be taking my little daily trips to the ATM machine here and uh, stockpiling some of that. And uh, we'll see what happens. But we're right on the cusp of a lot of things that many of us have known coming for a long time and prepared for in some way, shape, or form. They're just about on us. Okay? Um, Cliff was saying the entire digital financial system is going to have big problems. How big? We'll see. So what else? Anybody got anything in closing as we get towards the tail end of the show here? Now, all that information we covered, all you guys in your your day-to-day lives with all these confrontations and situations, and you got no comments or questions, I'm astounded. There's somebody. I raised somebody. Well, I was just going to comment that if I had energy of pageant, I'd have a lot of this stuff already done. <laughs> yeah, she's a uh, pageant. You're uh, you're you're uh, exceptional uh, from some of the newer students that have come by. She is very very aggressive and very very I think confident. Because I'm a fire sign, so I have a lot of you know natural fire. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're in the U.S. and for your sake, I'm glad you're not in Australia. Although I'm sure that some of those folks would love to have your energy and drive down there in their quest. I don't know. I was freedom. there in 2016. I told them what was coming. I could see it. I could see Agenda 21 there so clearly, and I couldn't get through to my family or my friends. And I just said, "Well, I'm not coming back." Yep. I'll go back after it's fallen and been rebuilt, but I, I'm like, I'm not what, coming back. What, uh, what town were, or area of the country were you affiliated with down there? Melbourne. I was born in Essendon, uh-huh. um, which is right near Melbourne. Uh-huh. And um, I lived in Bendigo, which is the gold mining town. Uh-huh. And it's mostly all, uh, and White Hills, it's mostly all built on top of these mines that go so deeply into the ground, you just wouldn't believe it. Right. And, if there was ever an earthquake there, all of Bendigo and White Hills would be gone. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and that is in uh, Victoria is the province. Yes. I'm from Victoria. Okay. Yep. Well, that's... Uh, Terribly ashamed of the police right now, although I do believe they are being frequency controlled, but still, they, that's no excuse. Well, let me ask you a question. Are they Australian police or are they foreign troops? Uh, you know, we, I only hear what you hear. So, I mean, we've seen that group with the predator on its clothes and, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still the criminals that believe they be the government that is allowing whatever is happening. So, yep. you know, it still goes down to that. And But there are there are people there who are standing up. But I just don't know any of them because all my friends do what their doctors tell them to do. And, you know, all my relatives just do what they're told to do. And one of my relatives, when I was there in 2016, looked at my daughter and said, I honestly don't understand how you're still alive. How, how are you alive if you've never had a vaccine? (laughs) She's never had any pharmaceuticals. Like, you know, (laughs) we only recently went to a naturopathic doctor and found out what her blood type is because she's never got like gone to the whole doctor scene. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, he just didn't understand how she was still alive. And she's probably the healthiest out of any in her age group. Oh, definitely. All through college. You know, she went through a four-year college in two years and eight months. And all the people she was with, 
had their dogs and their cats, you know, their pets that they needed. Those, what are they called? Comfort animals? Yeah. Psychology, you know, and they um, they were all on so many. My daughter had so many. I don't know where that's coming from, but my daughter had so many roommates. And I would say most of them were on drugs, at least three different types of drugs. Yes, she was very, very well adjusted and well centered and all of that, definitely. Well, congratulations to you. And I know, uh, like Harvey, Harvey's uh, brother Charlie had 15 children and none of them had any vaccinations. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, they've got this on the schedule, and they're putting all kinds of crap in those um, children's vaccines. They're getting how many they get. They were supposed to get like twenty to forty vaccines in a schedule before they're some uh, a very very young age. It's absolutely ridiculous what That's they're so doing. Ridiculous. And the CDC never even tested any of all of those vaccines on their schedules. You know, like it's just a whole big farce. But I can tell you with all this parasite talk coming out, there have been parasites in the vaccines for a very long time. And um, I look at little children because I used to work special ed until I had to leave my job because I refused to wear a mask. But um, these little children who were like three or so, they would lie on a bench on their tummy and they would put their head down and just rock. And I know that's because they were getting the parasites off their brain, like they were touching them and it was hurting and that gave them peace. And I would look at other little kids who all of a sudden their personality would just completely change and they would become violent or something. And I was like, well, there's parasites stepping on that part of their brain i just know it and also i had two shots i had the uh, i've had a total of five when i was young but i had the smallpox and the polio and i had john b who is this clairvoyant he looked in my head and he saw this parasite kind of thing that kind of looked like a a a spider kind of like a octopus thing that was interdimensional and it came from one of those shots i just can't remember which one he said but he's been seeing that in people's brains for decades and getting it out so they've been doing vile stuff for a very long time so i was like yep. hell no you're not getting a hold of my daughter i wonder if in, ivermectin would take care of that in your brain i don't know but i'm not into anything western so i'm more ginger garlic uh, lemon juice with well, pure syrup and stuff like that. You, I'm more into Chinese herbs. I'm not. I don't go near anything. Well, you know, you know, this ivermectin has got a, a less of a chance of harm or death than aspirin. Okay, and that's been, it's been around for a pretty good while now. And it, the guy that invented it or that found it and isolated it has got the Nobel Prize for it, which is one thing or another. But do you know? And I've heard a whole program on this uh, on uh, Joe Rogan actually. Do you know how the guy that developed, found it, and developed it got onto it? Do you know what nematodes are? No. Nematodes are a microscopic soil. Uh, organism and uh, if if you're in an area where there's nematodes in the soil you can't grow a garden because they attack the roots of all your plants and suck the essence out of them okay but something with nematodes is they've got something in their organism that kills everything around them and that's what this guy started researching was nematodes and that ivermectin is the ingredient that nematodes use to accomplish what they accomplish and that's what it is so you may want to look into it a little bit that seems to yeah. be a heck of a good drug okay and uh, i've take one i take a dose every saturday with uh, with meals as a prophylactic now 
Jack. Yeah. Jack started taking some here recently, and a couple of months ago, or uh, or so, and he uh, had he went through cancer treatment a couple of years ago, and has done wonderfully with chemotherapy and radiation. They really, all of us are shocked. Okay, but uh, he started taking ivermectin, and he got the runs, which probably means he had some parasites. Okay, he couldn't get, he couldn't get too far away from a bathroom. Put it that way. But uh, that's something you might want to look into, ivermectin. It's good stuff. It stops this stuff cold, and uh, it looks like a heck of a drug. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it's just I have a slightly different view on everything. I know that no natural virus is contagious. Everything that they do is a weapon. And so it's like I I have other tools for taking care of their weapons. But as for me, whenever my cells get imbalanced and they make what's called an exosome or soap, as Agenis von der Planets called it, or or a virus, it's just a byproduct of my cell and trying to get back to its its vibration of self. It's just like a a tree when you cut it and you look at the rings and you can see when they had a lot of rain and when they didn't have rain. Well, your viruses that are in your system that come from you are not contagious. They're because your cell got imbalanced. So what I do is I just address that. Like, okay, was I like not sleeping enough? And so my body got mad at me or did I eat this food that I shouldn't have? So I take things that level. Uh So anyway, but I do for, for the government, I do have a whole toolbox of things for them okay uh it's interesting pfizer and some of the other couple of the other pharmaceuticals have now gone in and taken ivermectin and changed a molecule or something and now they're putting it out at at considerably more uh more more money so you know go figure right as if that wasn't predictable huh uh, also, if you go in the hospital and they'll give you ivermectin if you've had the vaccine. If you haven't had the vaccine, they w- they won't give it to you. That's what I heard somebody say the other day. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll, along with the health lines here, I should take a moment to uh, transition over into Jim Ram because Jim Ram is next in his do-it-yourself health and wealth. And I'm assuming that he's going to have uh, John and Kathy on there with him today and uh, talking about hyperfund. So, Jim, are you on the board there with us, bud? Are you getting ready to transition over? Um, Maybe not, but uh, I'm not can get to his mute, but I'm sure he's on the board. And so that is uh, in your immediate future, folks, should you choose to stay around and be able to. Is that you, Jim? Okay. That was Doug here. We just got back from Austin. Just want to say hello. Hey, Doug. Welcome back. How's the races, man? Awesome. Totally awesome, dude. Awesome. Okay, good And deal. I love Texas. Yeah, okay. Well, glad you had a good time. Glad you had a good, safe trip and got back all safe and sound. And we'll uh, yak at you tomorrow. Uh, the uh, Whistler. What going. races did they go to in Del Valley? Do do what, Dave? You overmodulated. Sorry, races in Del Valley, Texas, suburb of Austin. Yeah, MotoGP, man, it was crazy. Sir, my brother lives right across the street from that place. Really. <laughs> Well, yeah. there you go. Well, good, uh, good, good on you, Doug. Glad you're back, and uh, hope you had a nice, safe, fulfilling trip. It sounds like you did. We're about to get kicked off the server here in just a split second, and Jim Ram is going to take over and uh, talk about what they talk about on Mondays. And uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. And I'm going to continue to uh, unpack and get things uh, in their 
in their new place and uh, probably eat a little lunch and maybe get out and run an errand or two and uh, call it a day. And you guys have a nice one, and hopefully we'll have some meaty stuff to talk about tomorrow. So uh, we shall see. Sure, appreciate you being there. Hope you got something out of today's program. And uh, go out there and tell folks about being a U.S. national and all of the advantages that it offers a person that goes through that. Now, we're showing 12 o'clock. We just got knocked off. Uh, and we should have been knocked off a few minutes ago. So anyway, Jim.